Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Great to have you here this morning, church. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're good. Why don't you turn the person next to you and say, hey, so good to see you here in the church. Come on. Come on, we, you, you're not in your lounge room anymore. You're in church. You can say, preach it, pastor. You can say, I don't like that. Later on afterwards, send me an email. Come on, we're in church and it's so good. Can I say to you, how great was a worship this morning? Oh, it feels so good to be in the worship, not just watching the worship. And so, you know, lean into that. But can I say the biggest thing that I have missed is community. The community with you, with each other, seeing your faces, uh, seeing your smiles, hearing about what's happening in your life, that is the biggest thing that I have missed. And uh, I know for you, you've probably missed seeing me preach in person. But uh, no, it would be community too, because we're all the same. We yearn to have a relationship with each other. And uh, so that is so good. Can you believe, as Pastor Gabby has just said, that it is December and it's almost Christmas. I can't believe it. It's almost as if the last three or four months I've just been in my home just doing nothing, right? Time has just snuck up on me. And so Christmas is coming. And because it's Christmas, we have a Christmas series. And we're entering into a new series today called Unto Us. Can you say it with me? Unto Us. Come on, one more time. Unto Us. And uh, we're going to be looking at passage of Scripture. Our series of Scripture is from Isaiah 9, 6. And today I'm probably going to ask you to talk back, uh, uh, repeat after me a lot because I've missed it, staring at a camera, just assuming that I'm preaching to someone. Today I know I am. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This prophecy, it's written by Isaiah roughly 700 years before the Messiah comes, before Jesus comes. And Isaiah describes who he's going to be, what he's going to be like. And these are not necessarily the literal names of Jesus, but they talk about the character of who he is and what he will do. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is who he is at Jesus Christ. And I know for myself, when, when, if you're a parent here today, would you put your hand up? Parents, if you want to be a parent one day, put your other hand up. Yep, so good. Uh, for, each of our, for, for each of our three children, I know, because we're talking about the names of God, I know that we went through uh, the thing of finding their names. And the, 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 like it's stressful when you find out you're pregnant, yeah? Like, not me personally, my wife, but... You find out you're pregnant, you get over the stress of being pregnant, and then you, the next stress is choosing your child's name. And uh, today, if you've had children, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Today, if you haven't had children, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a couple of tips, a couple of rules on choosing children's names. So any people here who haven't had children, write these down. You're going to like these. First thing is, don't name your child after a previous boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't do that. That's, that's bad. It's really bad. Your partner, spouse, wife won't like that. Husband. Don't name them after a friend. That can be awkward if you haven't seen them for years and then you run into them again. So here's my child named after you. That can be a little bit awkward. 
Here's a big one. Don't steal a name that another friend is thinking of. You know, like a friend's like, oh, I've got this great name. It's Brunson. And then you're like, oh, I like that name too. And then you steal it before their baby's born. Don't do that. that that's just low church. Come on. Uh, here's another one. Uh, what about this one? You're thinking about names and, and your spouse says, hey, what about this name? And then you're like, oh, I don't know, because I knew a guy or a girl called that when I was growing up or now. Does anyone relate? And they're like, they're a bit weird. Well, they didn't treat me nice. Well, they were a bad person. Don't name them after that. So the names that we came up with is Joel. And I actually broke rule number two. Don't name your child after a friend. But anyway, some rules are made to be broken. Okay. So Jehovah is God. Joel means Jehovah is God. I think that's a great name, a great meaning. Uh, Ethan, his name is strong and firm. And then Roman sort of carries a, a similar name, strong, powerful, or from Rome. And so these are names that we chose for our children. And uh, God bless you as you choose names for your children if, you, if you're uh, blessed by God to do that. This series, we're going to look at the names, these names that describe Jesus, wonderful counselor. Mighty God, these uh, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and in detail. And as we do that, as we do that, church, we're going to be encouraged. We're going to be encouraged by God's word. Our faith is going to be stirred. Our hope is going to be renewed as we realize that we, have a, we follow a Jesus, a Messiah, who has overcome the world. Can I get an amen? He's overcome the world. He is mighty, everlasting, wonderful. He is our peace. Let's just pray right now. God, I like these words as I speak this morning. I pray that they would speak to someone's heart. Jesus, here in this room or online, I just thank you, God. Your word is true for every season of life, God. And the, all these centuries later, it still pierces the heart. So we thank you for that, Jesus, in your mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm just going to read that scripture verse again. For, unto, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. If you're taking notes today, write that down. Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. Jesus, he's our Wonderful Counselor. This comes from two words, two Hebrew words. The first is Wonderful, Pele, and it means beyond understanding, too wonderful for words. So what happens here is that Isaiah, he's trying to describe what the Messiah is going to be like. He's trying to describe who this Jesus will, Jesus will be, but he is too wonderful. He doesn't have the words to adequately explain who this man will be. Today, we need to be reminded that Jesus is beyond our understanding. He is beyond anything we might think or any words that we can describe him. He is too great to fathom beyond our human ability to describe, that's your Jesus. That's the Jesus that you follow. And see, I think we think we know Jesus, but really there's so much about Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit that we really don't know, that we don't understand. Why? Because he is wonderful, Pele, beyond understanding. And I'm actually glad today. I'm actually glad that Jesus is beyond my understanding. I'm actually glad that my God is beyond my understanding because I don't want to follow a God that I can fully understand in this tiny little pea brain up here in my head. You know, I don't want to, you know, I think that if my mind could fully, if your mind could fully, 
fully comprehend and understand and, 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 and just know everything about God, his master plans, the way he thinks, why he does what he does and doesn't do what he doesn't do, why, how he's mighty, his power, his majesty. If you could fully understand God like that, I don't believe he's a God I want to follow. Because to me, that's not a God. My God is, is, is indescribable. I can't understand him. He is that kind of God. If you don't take my word for it, maybe you take a man from the Bible. His name is King Solomon, the wisest man in the world. And he said this about fully understanding God. Ecclesiastes 8.17. I also saw that God, what all that God has done. Nobody can understand what God does here on earth. No matter how hard people try to understand it, they cannot. Even if wise people say they understand, they cannot. No one can really understand it. Solomon says you can't understand God and all his fullness and richness and all his glory. Today, maybe you're here and it's the first time you're in church. Or maybe someone invited you along. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here and you've been seeking, searching. You're asking questions. You're looking for answers and, and you're starting to think, hey, maybe in this Jesus, maybe in, in Christianity, maybe in the things of God, I can find what it is that I'm looking for. And as I've just said what I've just said, you might be a little bit confused or you might be a little bit dis disappointed because you thought to yourself, if I can know all about God, then I'll find the answers that I'm looking for. But can I just say today, be encouraged, don't worry, don't fear all that you need to know about God to understand is that part of God that loves you so much. That you, you just need to understand that part right now, that part of God that loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for your sins, to take your place, to rise again, to bring you into relationship with him and an eternity in his heaven. And you can know this Jesus. You can meet this wonderful Jesus at the end of my sermon as I give you that opportunity. For those of us who are Christians, think about this. How do you put into words what Jesus has done for you? How do you describe? If you look back on your past, if you look back on your life, how do you fully capture and express what Jesus did for you? Just stop and think about it. He saved you from an eternity in hell. He's forgiven you for every time you've sinned, every time you've fallen short, every time you've maybe blasphemed him. He's forgiven you. He's, he's given you a new future. He's offered you a second chance. Some of us third, tenth, one hundredth, one thousandth chances. God offers us the second chance. He's done all these things. He is too wonderful for words. He is amazing. And I think that we need to give God more praise to what he's done for us. Give him more worship, Jesus. You're so wonderful. You're so wonderful, God. You've done so much for me. The second Hebrew word is counselor. It's your ats, to advise, to consult, to guide. It's interesting that the word used here to describe Jesus is the exact same word we use to describe the Holy Spirit. Right when Jesus ascends to heaven, he says, I will send the counselor, the advocate. He sends, I will send the counselor. But really, it shouldn't be any surprise to us. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy, God the Holy Spirit, God the, Holy, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all one. So it no, should be no surprise when one word is descriptive of one, descriptive of the other as well. Jesus is our guide. And here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about Jesus. 
He understands what it is to be a human and to live on earth. He understands what we've been through. He understands the challenges that we face, the things that happen in our lives. He understands the human life and the human condition because he's been through it and he's experienced it in his life. It's like with my kids. I sometimes have talked to them about something or explaining something or, you know, doing something. And they're like, Dad, man, Dad, you just don't understand. You're old, Dad. You don't get it, you know. Like, uh, you, don't, you don't know where we're coming from. You don't get what it's like to be 13, to be 15, you know, just young and cool and with the times, you know. And you just don't get it, Dad. And I say to them, listen, I do get it. I mean, I know I'm old now, but guess what? Once I was your age, I was 13, I was 15 once. I was pretty cool too, man, you know. So I know what it's like. I was at your age, and guess what? I said the same thing to my dad. Dad, you're not cool, man. You don't understand. I know what you're talking about. I've been through the same emotions, the same physical changes, the temptations, the sadness, the exhilaration, the excitement. I've been through all the things that you've been through. I understand where you're at. And that's what the Apostle Paul says about Jesus in Hebrews 4.15. He says this, describing Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you see what Paul says there? He says we have a high priest, a wonderful counselor who has been through, who understands what it is to go through life as human. He empathizes with our weaknesses. He's been tempted in every way. Jesus knows what it's like, the ups, the downs, the way. I mean, imagine leading the disciples. Man, there's got to be a lot of downs leading those blokes, right? He's been through the ups and all those things. He knows what it's like. And that's why we can come before God. We can come before Jesus and be confident to know that he gets us. He understands us. He doesn't look down on us. He's not embarrassed of us. He doesn't look at your life and say, what a disappointment. He looks at you and says, there is a human going through the human experience. And I love them so much because I know what it is like to go through life. He's not ashamed of us. He loves us so much. Heading into this Christmas season, maybe there's some people here today that need to be reminded that Jesus came for you because you matter. He came for you because you're valuable and you are deeply loved. You're deeply loved. Turn the person next to you and say, you are deeply loved by Jesus. Maybe today you're in, you're in significant need. Today you have significant needs in your lives. Well, good news, church. You have a Pele, your, your ats, a wonderful counselor. Oh, no, please. As I was typing this sermon, I was like, no, not again. Not again. Please, you Hebrew guys. You have a wonderful counselor to help you. And when Jesus came, he came for the sick. When Jesus came, he came for those people who needed healing, those in need. I'm so glad that we have a Savior who comes along and he identifies with the sick, the hurting, the oppressed, the downtrodden, the blind, those who are in chains and bondage. He comes along and he says, I have come 
to preach the good news, to bring hope to those people. He isn't like us. He's not like the world that says, are you successful? Are you popular? Have you got everything happening? Then you can be in my sphere. No, he says, I come to every person, the everyday, you and me, the everyday person. And the scripture gives an example of this all through scriptures. But there's a story where there's this man called Matthew and he's a tax collector. And he's the type of person that no one wants to be friends with. And he throws a party for Jesus. And, you know, this is not a, this is not a, uh, uh, um, a good person party. This is like a wild party. This, this is like maybe the parties we used to go to, but not now because we're sanctified, right? This is a party where there's wild men, there's worldly women, there's all kinds of people from all walks of life. And they're there having a great time and Jesus is there with them. He's amongst it all. And the church, the religious people, maybe even people like us, look at this, look at Jesus and say, Jesus, why would you associate and meet with ungodly people? And Jesus says in Luke 5.31, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. Any, any sinners here today? Come on, we're a little bit, little bit iffy. Come on, that's us. He has come to bring sinners to repentance. Today my question is, are you sick? If you are, the wonderful counselor wants to heal you today, this morning, in this place, as you listen right now. And I'm not, and I'm not sure how you see yourself. Perhaps you think of yourself as a good person. Perhaps you even think, you know what, I live a righteous life. I live a sanctified life. Maybe today you're another type of person. You look in the mirror and when you look at that person, you say, man, this person is, I'm such a sinner. I do so many things wrong. Here's the truth of the matter. We are all sick in one way or another. We are all sick needing healing in one way or another, where it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. We all need healing, the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, to come into our lives. We live in a broken, sinful world, and we battle with weaknesses and addictions and vulnerabilities and strongholds. We've got dysfunctions, and Jesus says, I want to step into that world. I want to step into the wild party of your life, <laughs> all that's going on, and I want to bring healing to you. So where's your sickness and how are you sick today? You know, Christmas can often amplify how we really are. It can make good things look better. It can make, you know, things that aren't so great look worse. And maybe today, this year, you've suffered loss and a loved one or, or, or something else and you, you just you feel like you're going to be alone this Christmas. Maybe today you're physically sick and you need you need healing in your body and you're just not sure how it's going to come. You've seen many doctors. You're just not sure what's happening. Maybe you're under financial stress, unexpected expenses. Maybe perhaps today your family is fractured and at Christmas time it's just like, wow, this just highlights all the dysfunction, all the disunity and arguments. And maybe today you'd love to travel or see family overseas or, or interstate and you're just not sure the uncertainty of border closures and all those types of things or perhaps... You're in a place where you're worried about your future. Can I remind you today that we have a wonderful counsellor? 
We have a wonderful counselor. It's not some man or some woman that gets you to lie down on a seat. It's not some social media influencer that's pumping out, you know, uh, motivational speeches. It's not the, the, a phone of friend if you're at the million-dollar hot seat. It's not some self-help book. It is Jesus Christ is your wonderful counselor. Your wonderful counselor who is able to sympathize with what you're going through. So today, if we if we to calm, if we say, Jesus, I'm a sick person with things that I need you to heal in my life, how do we come before Jesus? How do we come before our wonderful counselor? How do we approach the throne? How do we approach Jesus? Well, I, I just got one point today. I think we approach Jesus brutally honest with the counselor. I think we need to be brutally honest with the counselor. Healing begins with confession. Healing in your life begins with confession, whether it's aspects of sin in your life that you need to confess before God or you need to confess before church leadership or whether it's sickness in your life where you go, you get sick, you call the doctor, you make an appointment, you rock up, you speak to that doctor, the doctor says, hey, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Oh, how, why are you here today? No reason. No, no, you're there because you're sick. What do you do? You confess your sickness to the doctor. Oh, I've got a sniffle, a sore throat. This and you confess to the doctor. Healing comes. Healing begins with confession. We're to do the same thing with Jesus. We do the same thing. We're to come before Him and can confess our issues. The wonderful things that He knows before we come. He's not surprised. He's not going to look and you go, what? What? No, I'm going to have to bump this one up. This is above my pay grade. You know, He's not surprised. He knows what it is, but you've got to come and confess to him what it is. There's another story in John 4 with Jesus. He's having a counseling session of types of a Samaritan woman, and they meet at this well, and he's talking to her, and they're going backwards and forwards, and they're bantering about different things, and the Jews and the Samaritans, and she's just like us. She's sick. She's got issues in her life. She's alone. She's got bad relationships. She's had five husbands and she's living with a guy at the moment. And in the middle of this counseling session, in the middle of this chat that they're having, Jesus says to her in John 4, 16, go call your husband and come back. Go get, go get your husband and come back. And in this moment, as she's talking to Jesus, she has, a, she has two options. She can either lie to Jesus and say, oh, my husband is, is out of town on business. My husband is in the city doing some shopping. My husband is too busy now. Or she can be honest with Jesus right there. Be brutally honest. Tell, him, tell Jesus where she is at right now. And she says, I don't, uh, in verse 17, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. And then out of this revelation, first by her being honest, I don't have a husband. Jesus speaking into her life. She has a revelation of who Jesus is. She runs to her families and friends. She says, come meet this man who knew more about me. Jesus knows about your situation. Knew more about me than I'd ever told him. Come and meet this Messiah. She meets the wonderful counselor because she was honest. The kids could come today. That would be great. Here's what I know. You can't have healing without honesty. You can't have healing without honesty. In my role as a pastor, uh, I sometimes 
uh, had the privilege to marriage, uh, to marriage, to marry couples, uh, to lead them in marriage, to marry couples. And as part of that, I offer them pre-marriage counseling. It's where they do an assessment and then we come back together and we go over that and we talk about it and, and we just unpack different things. And what I always say to these couples is that you will only get out as much of this counseling as you put in, as you are honest with each other, as you are honest with us, as we talk about your relationship. The reality is that a lot of times in these relationships, there's some issues, there's some hurts, there's some needs. He does this, she does that. The other night, Gabby and I were doing some marriage counseling, pre-counseling actually, and uh, we were talking away, and the Gab starts sharing about our marriage, and starts talking about me, and I'm like, what's what up? Like they're on the side of the fence getting the counseling, not me. But we've all got issues. You're never going to find healing in your relationship if you're not honest with the person right beside you. You're never going to find healing in your life with the deeper issues of your life if you're not honest with Jesus. If you're not honest with God, if you don't come before Him and say, God, these are the things I'm going through. These are the things I need help. You've got to be honest. Honesty. Healing starts with honesty. You know, in my own life, I have sat on that side of the fence where I've gone to a psychologist, I've gone to a counselor to seek help for an issue that I have. And he said to me, you need to be honest. You need to open up. You need to share how you're feeling, share where you're at, talk about different things. And as I've done that, it's a hard thing to do, to do that to a stranger, better than someone you know though, right? It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing for a guy to open up. But as I've done that, as I've been honest with him, honest with myself, church today, we've got to be honest with ourselves at where we are at, where we're with Jesus. We could say, hallelujah, praise your Father. But you know what? We could be dry and empty, nothing inside us. But as we're honest, healing comes. Maybe today you need to tell Jesus where you're really at. Maybe today you just need to be brutally honest with God. Just be brutally honest to Jesus. It might be uncomfortable. But it's time to be real. It's time to be honest. One of, our, one of our values here is being authentic at Elevation Church. Just be you. You don't have to be fake. You don't have to be me. God help you. You just be yourself. You don't have to be the person next to you. Be who God has called you to be. You might have to be honest with God. God, I don't even know if you're with me at this moment. God, I don't even know if you're real. Oh, Jesus, I can't sense your presence. Oh, God, I've, I've prayed prayers and I feel like I haven't had the answers I've been expecting. Or, Lord God, my faith over this season has been rattled. Something's happened in my life and I'm just rattled and spooked in my faith. Or maybe today it, it's another thing. You, you're empty, you're flat, you've got nothing, and you just feel like you're running dry. Come before Jesus and be honest. Tell Him where you're at. You want to know something? He can take it. He can handle it. Man, you get me on the wrong day and you tell me something, man, I can't handle that. Like, I got enough stress, but can I tell you something? Jesus is not stressed by the worries of the world. He's not stressed by what you're going to bring to Him. He's not threatened. Did you know that? He's not threatened by what you're going to reveal. In fact, here's what the Bible says about being honest with God. And telling him how you feel where you're at in Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares on the Lord 
Today, maybe someone needs to hear that. Maybe this message is for someone here in this place. Cast your cares on the Lord, your worries, your anxieties, where you're at. Be honest with God. Cast them on Him. And you know, it's it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. Maybe even an aggressive thing. If you've ever been fishing, you're going to cast that fishing line out into the beach. If, 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 if you know what I'm talking about, you've got to be uh, aggressive. You might have to throw, hurl, fling that thing on the Jesus. Throw it at Him. Don't worry, He can catch it. He's more than able. Don't worry, it's not going to be too heavy. You're not going to be able to throw it too fast. It's not going to overwhelm Him. He can receive it. He can take it. And as you do that, I truly believe you will experience, you can experience His healing come upon you, the wonderful Counselor, as He brings His healing into your life. And it may take time. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. And it may hurt. These things hurt, to be honest, at times. You may have to unstitch some scars that have healed over to reveal to God. But I believe that He can come upon your life and healing will come Why? Because Jesus said, I have come for the sick. The sin is to bring them to repentance and to bring them to healing in my name. As uh, as I finish up this morning, this Christmas, the wonderful counselor is there for you. He's there for you. He's waiting for you. He's ready for you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to be honest with you. But he's, he's not just our wonderful counselor. He's the wonderful counselor of the whole world. He's the wonderful counselor of all creation. And He's not just the wonderful counselor at Christmas. He's our wonderful counselor every day of the year. Don't just come to God at Christmas time. Don't just seek Jesus at Easter. Come before Him every day of the year. Say, Jesus, today I cast my cares on You. You're my wonderful counselor. You're wonderful beyond words can describe. You're my guide. I want to come to You, Jesus because you are with me every day of the year. He's not like a psychologist who says, oh, I've got too many clients at the moment. I'm too busy to see you. My calendar is full. He's not like a psychologist who she says, oh, I'm just downsizing my practice at the moment or I'm on leave. And you're like, I need help. You go to Jesus. He's there 24-7. Every day of the week, rain, hail, or shine, text, prayer, email. He's there. Jesus can hear you. He is ready for you. He is a the wonderful counselor to the whole world. But I want you to know this. He is a wonderful counselor to you and you and you and you right where you're sitting and you and you and you to every person in this room. He is to you individually the wonderful counselor unto us. A wonderful counselor is born. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we thank you today in this place unto us.